Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. And me and Shockwave Dave have got another great show lined up for you guys. We are going to Ottawa. That's right. UFC is in Ottawa this weekend. And we are breaking down our three favorite fights on the card, including a banger of a main event. Plus, we'll be talking to three of the fighters on the card. I'm talking with the big ticket Walt Harris, Hurricane Shane Burgos, and the Kraken Juan Adams, who has quite a bit to say about Greg Hardy's second fight. We'll be talking about Greg Hardy's second fight as well. Some other stuff around the league, such as Jack Hermanson's surprising victory, Rory McDonald, and all kinds of other things. Plus, our combat countdown today is the top five most surprising things about MMA in 2019. You're not going to want to miss any of that content, but before we get to any of it, I gotta remind you that this episode is brought to you by ADK Fightwear. Go to ADKFightwear.com, use promo code TURTLE, T-U-R-T-L-E, all lowercase. You're gonna get 20% off your entire order there. And let me tell you something, when you go to ADKFightwear.com, that site has the lowest prices on high quality BJJ gear. I've got their arm bars and stripes rash guard. The thing is a short sleeve rash guard with a nice American flag using the jujitsu belts on it. You can rep your country while repping the sport you love. And you can get it for just 20 bucks. This thing looks like the day I bought it, even though I bought it six months ago. So you should check it out, as well as all their other things like geese and spats, t-shirts, sweatshirts. Check out their whole line, adkfightwear.com. ADK Fightwear brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. in Ottawa this weekend. So Shane, you know, you've been on a hell of a run here, but the UFC gave you a huge step up in competition in Cub Swanson. He's ranked number 10 at the time of this airing. Are you surprised that you sort of got this offer? And what was your thoughts when they came to you with that name? Yeah, I definitely was surprised. I mean, it's a huge opportunity. Um, I was expecting someone maybe in the top 15, maybe somebody right outside the top 15. But, uh, you know, Cubs got that name. Everybody knows who he is. Um, so it was it was a shock. It's like, holy shit, Cubs Swanson. Yeah, let's do it. Let's fucking go, man. I'm excited. And, and sort of with this too, it, it's a fight that you can make a huge jump up. But it's a guy who also has a very similar skill set to you. He, he's a hell of a boxer. You're a hell of a boxer. How, how do you feel your boxing matches up with his? Yeah, it, it's a this is a, 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 a treat for the fans. Honestly, if you're a fight fan, if you're a hardcore fan, if you're a casual fan, it doesn't matter. This is a fight you don't want to miss. And Nobody really misses Cubs Swanson fight, so I'm excited to have all the attention and all those eyes on me, on me. But um, yeah, I think I match up really well. I think, like you said, we we are very similar. We both look to the finish. We both like to stand and bang. Um, I think obviously I'm better, so I guess we're gonna go out there and we're, we're gonna see who the better man is. And uh, I'm excited, man. It's like, gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's just a, it's a it's a fan friendly fight, and I'm a huge fan of the sport, so I'm excited to to get the win and then go back home and watch it. Nice. And and so I, I do want to mention, you know, you mentioned that this will probably stand on the feet. It'll be a fan-friendly fight. But you got a submission in your last fight, an armbar over Kurt Hollibaugh. It's your first submission in four years, but you did start your career with four out of five wins by sub. Uh, any chance that we wind up seeing more of the grappling game of Shane Burgos, or was that a, a one-off deal and we're going to get to see the stand and bang Burgos for a while? I mean, I, the, whoever the finish is, that's where I'll go. And um, if, if if I knock him down or I take him down, and yeah, we'll, you'll, you'll definitely see some grappling. But um, 
I'm excited to, sh- to stand and trade, man. I really am. I think it's going to be fun on the feet, and I think that uh, I, I will have the advantage on the feet, so that's why I'm, I'm looking to please stand here. But, um, yeah, I got this mission in my last fight, uh, and, I, and yeah, I definitely started out, definitely, due to my, my amateur career, too, I had like, almost all submission. Um, but there's no better feeling than, than stopping a man with your with your hands or with your legs at a strike. There's, there's, there's a big difference between a submission and a, and a knockout or a TKO, and uh, that feeling of a knockout TKO is the best feeling. Absolutely. Now, I do want to take a quick sidetrack here to talk about one of your former foes. So you fought Calvin Cater uh, back in January of, of 2017, I believe. He's also got a big fight. 2016? 2018. 2018, my mistake. Yep, 2018. So he's also got a big fight coming up with Ricardo Lamas, uh, who is a, a top, you know, he's a top 11 ranked opponent. You two could both be poised for sort of a big jump up the rankings if you both win. Is that a fight that in the future you would like to run back? 100%, man. Uh, One million percent. I, that's the only guy that's ever beat me. No disrespect to him, obviously. Why wouldn't I want to run it back? Just like if I beat him, I would fully expect him to say the same exact thing. I have not respect for the guy, but uh, yeah, I would love to run that fight back. It was a great fight, and um, I would love to chance to redeem myself, honestly. And, and that was the next question I was going to say, too. You said it was a great fight. How, how do you look back at that fight? Because obviously it got you a bunch of fans. It, it probably helped you book this matchup, knowing it was so exciting. Uh, but it being your only loss, how, how do you sort of look at that in hindsight? I mean, I'm pissed off. I mean, it was a good fight, but I fucking lost. I mean, if that's the, 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 the fact of the matter is, I didn't, I didn't win. If it was an exciting fight and I, and I lost, I, I lost. I don't care if it was exciting. I mean, it was... It, good for the fans and everything like that and good for, for my stock because it did go up after the fight but uh bad taste in my mouth i lost i don't ever want to lose again i hate that feeling and um yeah that's really what i think about that fight the only thing i really think about is the fact that i lost so uh i would love to get that one back absolutely now we're, we're heading into this bout with cub swanson you want to keep that taste out of your mouth again give me a prediction how do you see this one ending uh my hands getting raised by any means necessary uh knockout tko uh commission i mean I don't want a decision, but I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it because I know if it's a decision, it's going to be a freaking hell of a fight. But I'm definitely looking for the finish, and I know he is too. So this is going to be fireworks. Absolutely. And now I, I do want to ask you one more piece after that is that, you know, obviously you're, you're expecting to win here and you're hoping for a win. With a win here, you would be poised for maybe not just the top 10 opponent because, you know, Cub already is a top 10 opponent. You might be poised for, you know, a top five or so opponent. Is there anybody you got your eyes on for after this fight as well? Hell no, man. This is a big fight. My eyes are strictly on Cub Swanson. If I was thinking about somebody else, I would just be stupid and disrespectful to him. And uh, he's a legend. He's an extremely tough fighter. He's coming up, he's coming up three losses, and uh, that doesn't that doesn't mean that he's on the on the downside in my opinion. That means he's gonna be even more dangerous. He needs to win here. I know that he thinks he needs to win, and um, uh, he's dangerous, man. My eyes are strictly focused on Cub Swanson and May Fourth. And our eyes will strictly be focused on that fight as well. It is a can't-miss fight. Once again, this was Hurricane Shane Burgos, who fights Cub Swanson at UFC on ESPN Plus in Ottawa this weekend. Shane, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for having me on, all right? This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. And today I have the pleasure of speaking to the Kraken, Juan Adams, who fights Arjun Buller this weekend at UFC on ESPN Plus in Ottawa. So Juan, I want to talk about last weekend before we get to this weekend. You are all over Greg Hardy on Facebook, Twitter, all of the social media sites. You actually may be the originator of the Fuck Greg Hardy hashtag. I, I want to get your initial thoughts on his performance. What did you think of him in the cage? 
<laughs> I thought he looked like shit, you know. <laughs> He's terrible, man. Um, you know, the, they go in. I don't know how the guy he fought was 9-2, and two, but honestly it looked like a, a paid dive to me. And, you know, you look at his form. He's leaving his feet with every punch. He's, you know, burning himself out in there. He's just not very good. And I just think it's hilarious that they want to put that as a co-main and try and force-feed him to fans when there's so much better talent out there. Yeah, and I, I want to follow up twice on that, too, because, you know, you said it looked like a paid dive. What, what part of his uh, his performance looked so much like a paid dive? The fact that, you know, he barely, you know, he landed one clean shot the entire fight, right? And then the guy is supposedly, you know, this black belt in Sambo. The shot that he took on Greg Hardy was horrible. Like, it was a terrible shot. It, it's not even a good shot. And then on top of that, he's just laying on the ground, and Hardy's hitting his forearms. He didn't even land anything clean when the guy was on the ground. So it just looked really, really sick and really fake. And, you know, the fan reaction to it was, was speaks for itself. Yeah, and, and actually that was another interesting point, too, is that, you know, the fans don't seem to necessarily be rallying behind him. You're right, the UFC seems to have some sort of push on him. Is it surprising to you that the fans aren't rallying behind him at all? Because I, I know, obviously, he's got the, the negative past, but, but you know, maybe I'm not giving fans enough credit, but they seem to hate him as much as you do. Yeah, because he's not good, you know? It, it, it's pretty simple. You know, you you can market, put, you know, put stuff behind whoever you want to, but at the end of the, at the, end of the day, if the product isn't good, it is not going to last, you know? Mm-hmm. And... That's why, and, and fans know, like, they've seen good fights before. There were plenty of good fights on that card. Um, and then, you know, to have that as your co-main, it, it wasn't entertaining, and people don't like it. You know, it just wasn't good. And and so I got to ask you, too, with, you know, you got this fight this weekend. We're obviously not looking past Arjun Buller, who is a hell of a fighter as well. But, you know, win this fight here, are we looking for Greg Hardy? Are we going to hear a Greg Hardy call out in the cage? I'll probably say something about him when I win, but honestly, like, the way I see it, I'm so far above that guy's level. The only thing it would be good for is for better card placement for me. And the UFC's made it pretty clear that they're never going to let me fight Greg Hardy. They're clearly protecting him. That's what it is when you go and sign a guy that was cut from the organization to fight somebody. You know, they're, they're trying to protect him. They're trying to build him up. I don't know what for because it's pretty obvious right now anyone, you know, anyone in the top 20 is going to destroy him. Uh, so, I mean, I, I just think it's hilarious that they went out and found a guy that was 0-2 in the organization to fight him. That, that's funny to me. Yeah, and I got a question for you, too. You said there that they've made it pretty clear to you that you've got no chance at fighting him. What part of what they've said to you has made you feel that way? You know, I asked to fight Greg Hardy when we were both before either of us fought on Contender Series. Uh, I think he was a three and O amateur at the time, and I had just won my second pro fight. And they were talking about having him make his pro debut. I was ready for that fight. I asked LFA guys to make that fight; they wouldn't do it. Then we went on to Contender Series, and you know when they said that he got a developmental contract and I got signed right out. I was willing to fight him. I was willing to have him for my contender series fight. I really didn't care. I've asked to fight him multiple times. And then after my last fight, you know, we texted Mick, my manager texted Mick and 
you know, we didn't hear anything back forever. His management team has actually tried to sign me multiple times, and one of the conversations we had with him was uh, they asked if I was scheduled to fight him. I said no because he's being protected, and they said from their own mouth, well, it's not protecting him. We're building a star, so we have to protect his record. That's, that's exactly what they said, and so I'm not I, – I don't think it's going to happen because, like I said, they're protecting him. Absolutely. All right, so let's get talking about your fight this weekend because I'm interested too. Now, Archie Bohr, he's obviously a really impressive wrestler, made the Olympics, all that kind of stuff. What have you been doing to get your defensive wrestling work in in preparation for him? I haven't done anything different than what I always do. You know, he's made it pretty far bluffing that Olympic wrestling background. Just to clarify, he's he plays 13th out of 19 people at the Olympics, okay? That's not good by any stretch. And on top of that, the way that he qualified is he qualified at the last possible availability to qualify for that year. So he won Pan Ams. That's how he qualified. And in an Olympic year, what happens is there's multiple qualifying tournaments, uh, multiple qualifying national or international tournaments. And so as the year goes on, it gets easier and easier to qualify for the Olympics because the guys that have already won and the guys that have already qualified for it are no longer competing in those tournaments. They're practicing and they're in preparation for the actual Olympics. Hmm. So... By the time Pan Ams rolled around, it was the last qualifying opportunity, and he won that. So he wasn't going against the top of each other country. He was going against, you know, guys that the only time they're going to get to compete in Pan Ams when the starters are injured. And, you know, he was a Canadian – he was an uh, Olympian for the Canadian team. Like, I don't know about you, but I can't name the last Canadian Olympic champion or Canadian <laughs> medalist. So – uh, you know, when you think of Canada, you don't think of wrestling. You think of probably, you know, snow sports and hockey. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's true enough. Now, so obviously you're 100% right. He uh, he did qualify through Pan Ams. You can question those credentials. But what have you thought about his wrestling so far in the cage? Because he he does have quite a few takedowns in his UFC bouts. Yeah, he's fighting, like, guys that can't wrestle. You know, he's not fighting other accomplished wrestlers. He's not fighting other accomplished grapplers. You know, um, when he did go against somebody that was a decent grappler, he got submitted. So it's not, um, you know, and the the style of his takedown won't work on me. I'm simply too big, too fast, and too strong. So Absolutely. So now before we, uh, before we wrap up here, too, i got to ask you a question because last time we interviewed you, uh, you were cutting weight right around Thanksgiving, and you you detailed what hell that was. Now it's maybe not as much of a as a pure eating holiday here, but you're cutting weight this time right around Easter. How miserable was this weight cut in comparison to the Thanksgiving one? Uh, it was just as bad, you know. My family we barbecue for Easter. It's what we always do down here, so I missed out on all that. You know, and even, like, right past Easter, all the Easter candies on discount, like 75% discount right now, I can't have any of it. So I'm I'm really struggling right now. I love my chocolate bunnies, the peanut butter filled chocolate bunnies, the different types of chocolate bunnies. They're all great. Can't have any of that. There's so many different seasonal flavors of ice cream and cake stuff that are being released down here in other shops that I normally go to that I can't have either. So it's uh, it's been a struggle. 
<laughs> well, we hope you uh, you wind up getting one of those Easter bunnies. Hopefully, they're still around after this weekend. Uh, before we let you go, uh, let's get a prediction. Uh, how do you expect this fight with Buller to end this weekend? Uh, first round knockout. All right, you heard it there first, guys. That was Juan the Kraken Adams, who fights Arjun Buller this weekend at UFC on ESPN Plus in Ottawa. Juan, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you. Have a good one. And those interviews with Hurricane Shane Burgos and Juan Adams were brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E is the one and only social media app for your phone for the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu enthusiast. If you want to track how you're progressing in Jiu-Jitsu and you don't necessarily want to you know, keep a whole bunch of notebooks beside your bed or next to the mat that get all cootie filled, you can keep it all on your phone. Listen to how it works. So you're going to go to either the Apple Store or... Google Play, and you're going to download the Maroon app. Once you've got it on your phone, you set up your profile, you put your belt in there, you put your home gym, and then you can start tracking your workouts, which is really cool. It allows me to keep notes without having notepads and things like that, and it can also give me little reminders about like how much I've trained this month, if it's less than last month, if it's more than last month, and then I can also see how my friends are doing, what they're up to, comment on their workouts. It's got tons of functions. You can also put in weigh-ins, competitions, all kinds of stuff. You're going to love all the features they have. Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. I, of course, am Daniel Gumby Vreeland, joined as always by Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, let's talk about Juan Adams' reaction to Greg Hardy. What do you think about him saying that his management openly admitted that they're avoiding him? Well, I think that's actually very refreshing to hear a management company be so honest. Uh, I don't really mind them saying that at all. I mean, if you're a good manager in combat sports, that's what you want to do. You know, you want to build a star slowly. uh, But what I'm more mad at is that the UFC goes along with it, helps him pad his record, and puts him in a co-main event spot. But, you know, maybe that's that's a story for another day. I'm not mad at his management for admitting that, though. No, no, no. I, I've got no problem with that either. But the, the part that makes me mad is, A, you're right. Exactly what the UFC said is or UFC has been doing is a little upsetting. And B, the fact that if Greg Hardy's management is doing that and he's sitting here talking to us about how he's the Michael Jordan of fighting and how he wants to get Derek Lewis soon. Like, dude, obviously you're not ready for Derek Lewis soon. That's that's a freaking joke. So, like, if that is going to be the way, at least admit it across the board. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I'm with you on that. Um, but, you know, again, that also could have been the management company saying, hey, go out and say wild shit. It seems to work for a lot of people. Just kind of a nasty byproduct of, of the UFC right now, I think. All right, uh, so... Let's get to our favorite segment on the show. Well, at least tied for our favorite segment on the show. It's Fastest Fight News. We go around the world of MMA and get you the news in under 15 minutes or less, or your podcast is free. Gumby, let's start with this. Jack Hermanson beat Jockery this past weekend by decision. Your thoughts? It was a masterful performance, and I think the part that probably bothers me the most is he said he was willing to fight Jockery on the ground and he did a fucking damn good job of it. Like that that weird, I, I don't know if you want to call it an upside down head and arm choke. Some people were calling it a guillotine. I don't think it's a guillotine. The, the, some sort of weird choke he was trying to hit was dangerous. And it looked like Jacare was in trouble. So like not only did he beat him on the feet, which we kind of all thought if that was his path to win, 
you know, like he, he was going to wind up outboxing him, but he also grappled with him a little bit. I, I'm high on Jack Hermanson right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll talk about him again, perhaps, in our other favorite segment, tied for our favorite segment on the show, the Combat Countdown, a little bit later. Also from that night, uh, UFC Sunrise Florida, I have to mention Glover Teixeira's performance. And I bring this up, not because it was like, you know, it wasn't even slotted in the co-main, it was early on the main card, but it's very interesting what's happening at 205 Gumby, because with Jones and various legal troubles and steroid troubles, the division needed to be turned over circa 2016, 2017, 2018, and into 2019, although Jones is back now. Cormier came down from heavyweight, started dominating with Jones out. So you had this like upper echelon of 205. It was Jones, it was Cormier, and then a huge drop. To well, everyone to Gus, else. Gus too. Gus, Gus was pretty far out there. Gus too, but Cormier beat him. Mm, close fight. True. And Jones handily beat him the second time. I think the first time might have been like a Coke alcohol binge. Mm-hmm. He might have had a better performance than he should have. But my point being, you had Jones, you had Cormier, you had everyone else, and they wanted to turn the division over clearly. I think they gave Misha Serkinov a bit of a push to begin with. Uh, I think they had high hopes for Nikita Krylov. They certainly had high hopes for OSP. And none of those guys really panned out, I think, the way they wanted them to. Now I think they're seeing more success with Santos and Johnny Walker. And those guys are the future of the division. So really roundabout point I'm trying to make. As they tried to turn the division over, and they kind of aged out some older stars, and they let guys like Ryan Bader and big names like Phil Davis just go to Bellator because they didn't care, and Rumble retired. They don't really want Glover sticking around. It doesn't do much (laughs) for him. But he's not going quietly into the (laughs) night, is he? No, and he's done a damn impressive job, too, like knocking off guys who are pretty respectable. I will also say, with the exception of his loss to, to Anthony Smith, Shogun has been playing that kind of spoiler, too, which is kind of fun. Yeah. They, they might just pair those two against each other just so one gets rid of the other one. <laughs> they, they have the same management, and I think they were told, actually, at the time, they were like, yeah, we're trying to turn over the division. I remember their manager saying this. And it's great that both guys are kind of like, nah, we got other plans. (laughs) And what's so interesting about Glover, when you look at his record, um, you know, the losses in the past three years, actually really going back to the past five years, his losses are to Phil Davis, Anthony Johnson, Gustafson, and Corey Anderson. Uh, and I think Corey Anderson is a different fighter now than, let's say, you know, when you hear the name Corey Anderson, you don't mm-hmm. think, ah, top of the division. But I think Corey Anderson's actually about to go on a run. Those are four really good fighters. But then when they try to match up an Ian Kutaleva, a Carl Roberson, a Misha Serkinov, a Jared Cannonier, he beats them. Yeah. A Patrick Cummins, he beats them. So it's just kind of funny to see that. Anyway, we'll move on. We get have to get to uh, Rory McDonald. Uh, he had a draw with John Fitch at Bellator 220 this past weekend. Really lackluster performance. Almost sounded like he was ready to retire at the end of the night. Uh, but you know what? It's a tournament, so now he has to go fight Neiman Gracie. What do you make of Rory's performance, and what are we seeing here? Yeah, it, it was weird to me, too, because it wasn't just like I, I don't have that urge to fight anymore. Because you, you hear that from fighters 
enough times, right? Like, I, I don't think I have that fire anymore. And, and they find that fire or something like that. But it was, he said something like to the effect of like not being, having a tough time punching somebody in the face for money uh, mm. and, and doing damage to people. And, and that is the alarming part to me because this isn't just like, oh, fighting is, my fighting career is probably almost over, but it almost seems like there's something inside him that doesn't want to hurt people which is his profession and it is what made him crazy good for so long is that he put the i mean like look at that fight with robbie lawler like so much pain distributed in that fight and now you're telling me he doesn't want to hurt people that that's crazy to me yeah i really believe i said it at the time almost joking i think the lawler fight took a piece of rory mcdonald's soul and now i actually think it might have i mean i really think that changed the trajectory of his career because i really think you were talking about rory as the best welterweight on the planet right around that time and you know what hey going to bellator he gets more guaranteed money he signed a nice contract the fire just isn't there. It's sad to see, but you never know. We'll have to see his performance against Demon Gracie and go from there. Gumby, we've beaten around the bush enough. Let's get to the combat countdown this week because it ties in perfectly to Jack Hermanson and just some of the more surprising storylines or fighters, I should say, of 2019. That is our combat countdown this week. Does any company bring it to the fans? Yes, this combat countdown is brought to you by Sisu Mouthguards. Head to SISUGuard.com for the only mouthguard where you can talk, breathe, and drink all with the mouthguard up in your mouth. That's right. You don't have to take this mouthguard out in order to take a sip of water. You don't have to take your mouthguard out to talk to the partner that you're rolling with. You can just leave it in there and keep all the mat cooties off of it. And if you go to sisuguard.com right now, you can use promo code TOPTURTLE15 and get 15% off all of your mouth guard purchases. So make sure to check them out right now. Stay away from Matt Cooties. All right, it's the top five most surprising fighters so far in 2019. And we'll start with uh, going circular, I guess, what we talked about at the top of the show. Jack Hermanson is now a contender coming in at number five for most surprising 2019. Yeah, and, and some people don't realize Jack Hermanson has fought twice this year and was unranked at the beginning of the year. Um, I, I believe the rankings just came out. We're talking about him as like the number five contender in the division right now after a win over David Branch and Jacare Souza. This dude, the sky is really the limit for him. They're talking about a possible headliner matchup against Kelvin Gastelum next, which would be a fun fight in a fight I might pick Jack Hermanson in. So if you think back like five months ago and somebody told you that Jack Hermanson would be one fight away from a title shot and possibly getting it by the end of the year, that is a freaking really surprising statement. Yeah, I find Jack Hermanson, I mean, I almost could have put him at like one or two here and I wouldn't have even had a problem with it. Uh, he, It's very surprising to me that this is where we are right now with Jack Hermanson's career, but I respect the hell out of the performance, and I can't wait to see where he goes next. Number four, this one's very surprising, actually. Anthony Pettis, Superman punched and knocked out <laughs> Wonderboy Thompson at 170 pounds. This is someone who had trouble at 145 pounds, whose career needed to take a U-turn at 155. And this is not a big guy by any stretch of the imagination. We're not talking about a Cowboy Cerrone 
being more comfortable with less of a weight cut at 170. I mean, we're really talking about a pretty natural 155er comes up to 170 and knocks out the bigger wonder boy. He's the number four most surprising 2019. Yeah, this is so surprising to me. I, I mean, I did actually bet on Pettis because uh, I think Pettis uh, had a lot of value because he was like plus 350 or something like that. But that being said, the dude was down at 145 pounds and still didn't look as physically strong as some of the 45-pounders. So you think about that, and you're like, oh, send him up two weight glasses, and he'll flatline a dude who's never been knocked out in, like, 80 professional fighting uh, contests between kickboxing and MMA. Dude, that is insane that he went up there, surprising amount of power up a division, and now now we're talking about what we're going to do with Pettis next. Is he going to be a contender at 55 or 70? Whereas a few years ago, we were all putting the nail in the coffin on his career. Uh, number three, we already spoke about it. We'll go into it a little bit in more depth. It's Rory, uh, and seemingly it's a Rory who's done with violence. Yeah, this is a real weird one for me because if you look, and we'll talk about that fight a little bit, you look back at that third round, when was the last time you've heard the, the term John Fitch 10-8 round? Like, when has John Fitch done enough damage to warrant a 10-8 round at any time in his career? Th- that is just absolutely crazy that Rory took that and wound up, you know, it, it goes down as a draw because two judges had it 47-47. But you got to remember the third judge gave it to Fitch outright. Like, if we were just talking about, like, what these judges accumulated for totals, John Fitch had a better scorecard. So the fact that, like, not only is he, like, saying maybe he's done with violence, although he did accept that fight with Neiman Gracie, you're going to see it in New York City, uh, but, like, also just, like, how bad he looked in that round against John Fitch. We'll move to number two. Uh, this one, actually, yeah, it is really surprising. Uh, it's, like, surprising but not surprising. It's Kamari Usman, 2019, it's not surprising, really, that Kamari Usman is having a good 2019, or even that he's a champion, per se. I mean, I think we all saw it as he was, you know, accumulating win after win. Not too many finishes, but dominating performances. So it's, like, not necessarily shocking. What is shocking is how he dominated Woodley. Yeah, I think it's absolutely shocking in the, not only that he dominated Woodley, but how he dominated Woodley. Like, Tyrone Woodley has shown off really, really, really fucking impressive takedown defense. Anytime he was even close to his back, he did a great job of getting away from it, getting his ass up, and getting back into a position that he likes. Well, I think he, sorry to interrupt you, but I think he was only taken down once. Prior to that fight, I'll have the intern look it up. Once probably in the UFC, too, though. But, like, if you look back at, at Strikeforce, I, I want to say he was taken down once or twice there, too. Um, but, but bottom line is his defensive grappling is amazing. And we watched him absolutely get manhandled on the ground. Like, as like a first-day white belt in jiu-jitsu, he looked like he was a fish out of water grappling with Kamara Usman. And that, to me, is just Absolutely shocking. Yeah, even including strike force, he was taken down twice in his career <sighs> heading into the Usman fight. Nate Markart took him down in strike force once. <laughs> and knocked and, him out. <laughs> and and Nathan Coy took him down once. But mm. so surprising. Happy for Usman though. Number one with a bullet is gonna be TJ Dillashaw. 
and a little bout of EPO. Yeah, and we can actually just wrap in TJ Dillashaw's whole year because at the beginning of the year we were talking about him possibly being a triple champ, right, or at least him and his management were. And now we're talking about him not being any champ after getting flatlined, well, not completely flatlined, but knocked out by by Henry Cejudo and then knocked out by USADA. So, like, it, it, it was it was a steep decline for TJ Dillashaw. And, and while, you know, the rumors were out there on his steroid usage already – I think the level of which he was using them, you know, with obviously the, the you know, literature out there on EPO that everybody now knows about, I think that was, to me, was shocking. Um, and, you know, the way he got beat by, by Cejudo, too, that was shocking. So, you know, to see both of those things happen to, to Dillashaw in the matter of five months, that's just crazy. It really was. Uh, so let's just review this. Uh, I, I'm pretty proud of this list. I think it's pretty good. Our top five most surprising 2019 performances, storylines, fighters so far. Jack Hermanson, number five. He's now a contender. Anthony Pettis looking good at 170, number four. Rory McDonald seemingly done with the violence machine, uh, or this once violence machine now seemingly done with violence. He was number three. Number two was how Kamar Usman dominated Woodley. And number one was TJ Dillashaw. Uh, being on the EPO and UFC really losing one of its, uh, you know, perennial stars. TJ's mm-hmm. really been, for the lighter weight classes, he's been a pretty big name since 2014 when he beat Henan Burrell. Uh, so that's our list. We're sticking to it. Hit us up on our Twitter at Top Turtle MMA. Let us know if you liked our list. Let us know if you hated our list. We, of course, solicited your feedback for that list as we will next week. Uh, with our next installment of Combat Countdown. We'll move then to our other favorite uh, segment on the show, or at least tied for our favorite segment. It's the UFC Breakdown. This week it's coming to you from Ottawa, the UFC is. But I do wonder, is this UFC Ottawa Breakdown brought to the fans by any fine company, Gumby? Well, of course, this UFC Ottawa Breakdown is brought to you by Sheath Underwear. Go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code FLOW, F-L-O, and get 20% off underwear that is changing the underwear game. Look, if you work out or do any kind of physical activity, whether it's yard work or you like going and working out on the mat seven days a week, it doesn't matter which one of them you are, you need some sheath underwear because this underwear is not like boxers that allow things to flop all over the place and they're not like briefs which crush and keep everything all restricted. Instead, it's a little bit of both. You get the freedom of boxers with the support of briefs because they've got an innovative front pocket that promotes airflow so that your guys are both supported and nice and cool. And if you do get sweaty, because when we work out, we do get sweaty, they've got moisture wicking, antimicrobial material so that your guys stay fresh and dry. So check them out, sheathunderwear.com. So for my three picks on this fight card, I'm going to start by taking Donald Cerrone in the main event. He's a plus 120 underdog against Al Iaquinta, who's a negative 140 favorite. Look, I I know it's crazy to say that uh, Al Iaquinta is going to lose to Donald Cerrone here. The odds are even a little closer than I expected them to be. But Donald Cerrone's just on a run. Since he's been Dad Cerrone, I've loved what he's looked like standing up. And, and Al Iaquinta definitely has the wrestling advantage, but I could see Donald Cerrone winning it on the feet here. So I'm going to go with Donald Cerrone. 
In the co-main event, I'm going to take Elias Theodoru over Derek Brunson. It's a pick-em fight right now. Uh, I like Elias Theodoru because I just think he's a better at conserving his energy. Derek Brunson tends to empty the gas tank, and if he doesn't get him out, I think it's Theodoru's fight late on a decision. And in the third fight, I'm going to take Hurricane Shane Burgos over Cub Swanson. Burgos is actually a negative 175 favorite, which is a little surprising over the rank Swanson. Swanson just seems like his best days are behind him. Burgos has got the boxing to take him out of there. So once again, I'm taking Donald Cerrone over Ally Aquinta, Elias Theodoro over Derek Brunson, and Hurricane Shane Burgos over Cub Swanson. And that's going to do it for this episode of Top Turtle MMA. We want to thank you guys for listening in each and every week. We also want to thank ADK Fight where Sisu Mouthguards, Sheath Underwear, and Maroon Social. Make sure to download the Maroon Social app. I also want to thank Flow Combat for having us on each and every week. Make sure you follow them on Twitter, at Flow Combat, and follow the show, at Top Turtle MMA. And before we let you go, I wanted to leave you with a little, little gift here. Please enjoy this interview with the big ticket, Walt Harris, as we send you off. And remember, make sure to listen in next week. This is Daniel Gumby Freeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to the big ticket Walt Harris, who fights Sergey Spivak at UFC on ESPN Plus in Ottawa this weekend. So, Walt, you were supposed to fight a couple weeks back against Alexei Olenek in Russia. Obviously, he's a big name, was ranked number nine in the heavyweight division. He got bumped up to fight Alistar Overeem. Were you a little bit disappointed that you didn't get to have that fight? Uh, yeah, I'm very disappointed, actually. Um, but, you know, um, I understand the process, um, you know, and I believe everything happens for a reason. So uh, we'll have our day for sure. So you're still hoping that down the road you get a shot with Olenek. That, that's still a fight you want? For sure. Yeah, that's definitely. Alexi's my buddy. You know, I trained with him for years. Um, and I think it'd be a, a good fight for me, a fun fight to test, uh, you know, where I'm at and uh, move into the top ten. Absolutely. So some of that was wanting to fight a, a higher-ranked guy, but also it was wanting to fight somebody who you've trained with, somebody who you think tests you well? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, Alexi presents a lot of challenges. Um, you know, he's an experienced guy. I think he's had over, like, 70 fights. And um, he's hot right now, you know what I mean? So I want to get in there against the best and uh, improve myself. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting that matchup. And then, like I said, he's a good buddy of mine. So um, I think it'd be a fun fight. Absolutely. Now, I, I got to ask you, too, because we talked to Devin Clark a couple weeks ago, and he said he was also pumped to fight in Russia. Was fighting in Russia something you were interested in doing? Uh, honestly, no. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, I'll go wherever, man. You know, I, I call myself the contract killer. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a hired gun. I go wherever they tell me to go, you know. So, I, it, you know, it, it was what it is. You know, Russia's Russia, you know. Yeah. And so you're a little bit happier to be fighting in Canada over Russia, I take it? For sure, for sure. All right, so let's talk about that fight in Canada a little bit too because I, I know, like I said, you were, you were looking forward to the fight with Olenek. Here you are with a guy who's making his UFC debut in, in Sergei Spivak, who's relatively unknown. He's a Ukrainian heavyweight. Had you ever heard his name before being offered this fight? I had not, man, to be honest. So, so you you know, you said obviously that, you know, you're a contract killer. You, you'll fight just about anybody. Was there any hesitation in taking this fight, being that he's such an unknown and you're kind of risking where you stand in the division? Uh, no, man. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, a fight's a fight. Um, the numbers beside our names really don't mean anything. I mean, they look good. And, um, you know, it's, it's a nice feather in your cap to say I'm ranked whatever, whatever. But 
at the end of the day, we're all here to fight. And um, so when they offer me a fight, man, I, I, I go for it. You know, this is how I take care of my family. So I don't have opportunity to turn down the fight. Absolutely. Now, you've had a little bit of time to get to know his name. You've probably seen some film on him or at least gotten some scouting reports. What What have you sort of noticed about what Spivak does well? Um, he's, 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 uh, he's, he's young, you know, he's hungry. He's, uh, he's a good, uh, a good fighter, man. I, I was watching a couple of fights on him. Um, you know, he's a tough kid, you know, he, uh, he moves forward. Um, he's aggressive. So I think, you know, it's going to be a fun fight, man. It, it's stylistically, you know, I match up well with him. So I'm excited to kind of, you know, get in there and test my medal against him. Absolutely. And it'd be good to get back in the win column too. Cause while your last fight, let's talk about this just a little bit. Your last fight was a win against Andre Arlovsky went down as a split decision, bumped you into the rankings, but obviously that got changed to a no contest due to, you know, you having some, some stuff in a nutritional supplement that you were taking. Uh-huh. Are, are you upset in any way that that, that win over such a big name is now considered a no contest, even though your name's completely cleared. Are, are you upset that maybe it doesn't go down as a win? Uh, nah, man, I mean, we all know what happened in the fight, you know, I know, you know, what happened, what took place, um, you know, like I said, man, all that stuff, the records and all that stuff, like, you know, if I looked at it that way, I could look at it and say, well, hey, I lost a split decision to so-and-so that, uh, you know, even Dana told me I won one time, you know, so I just don't look at that kind of stuff, man, I'm just trying to get better every fight, I'm trying to get, you know, more wins under my belt and, and, and show up every time and, and put on the show for the fans, man. And I, I let that kind of speak for itself, you know? Well, and, and that's good too, because you really have had a series of sort of unfortunate events between, like you said, the split decision, this thing with the, the tainted supplement that you were unfortunately had in your body and the, the Mark Godbeard one too, who, where you were clearly winning that fight and sort of, uh, you know, it, it went down as an illegal strike, but it was damn near legal. Um, so it's good to have a mentality like that. Do you think that that's helping out your career in the way that you progress? Oh, for sure, man. I mean, it's just how I live my life. You know, um, things that happen, you know, they happen, man. It's like some things you can't control. And, and if I spend most of my time worrying about what I can't control, then I can't see the, I can't move forward. And, um, you know, I, I don't live life in the rearview mirror. You know, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. I'm upset for whatever time being, and then I move on, man. Um, you know, I think, like I said earlier, I think everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I'm in this position that I'm in now. I've been blessed. You know, um, I got a new contract. You know, I'm in good standards with the UFC. So, you know, I'm just trying to stay positive and keep winning, man. That's all I'm trying to do. And so you said you got a new contract. How, how many fights, if you don't mind me asking, is that contract for? Uh, just got a new four fight contract. Um, yeah, I just saw, I actually had gotten one like six months ago and then I got another one after this last fight. So, you know, I'm just blessed, man. Like I, I'm not, I'm, I'm in a position to where, you know, my future and my career is in my hands. So I just got to go in there and perform. And, and that's what I'm trying to do, man. Make sure I keep my head down, stay focused and, uh, keep getting better. Absolutely. And now let's let's get, return back to the fight for just a second. Let, let's get a prediction. What, how do you see this one with Spivak going uh, come for, uh, Saturday night? Um. Well, when I close my eyes at night, I see it ending in the first round in dramatic fashion. Um. You know, I, I like to finish fights. I, that's that's what I go in there to do every time. Um. So I, I plan on going in there, whether it be a submission, whether it be a you know knockout. I want to put him away in the first round because I feel like I got something to prove to myself and I got something to prove to the fans. And, you know, that's just the way I look at it. You know, um, I want to go in there and, and dominate. 
Well, we're certainly looking forward to it. Once again, fans, this was the big ticket. Walt Harris, who fights Sergei Spivak at UFC on ESPN Plus in Ottawa this weekend. Walt, thank you so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, brother. Thanks, man. This is Daniel Gumby Freeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to the big ticket Walt Harris, who fights Sergey Spivak at UFC on ESPN Plus in Ottawa this weekend. So, Walt, you were supposed to fight a couple weeks back against Alexei Olenek in Russia. Obviously, he's a big name, was ranked number nine in the heavyweight division. He got bumped up to fight Alistar Overeem. Were you a little bit disappointed that you didn't get to have that fight? Uh, yeah, I'm very disappointed, actually. Um, but, you know, um, I understand the process, um, you know, and I believe everything happens for a reason. So uh, we'll have our day for sure. So you're still hoping that down the road you get a shot with Olenek. That, that's still a fight you want? For sure. Yeah, that's definitely. Alex is my buddy. You know, I trained with him for years. Um, and I think it'd be a, a good fight for me, a fun fight to test, uh, you know, where I'm at and uh, move into the top ten. Absolutely. So some of that was wanting to fight a, a higher-ranked guy, but also it was wanting to fight somebody who you've trained with, somebody who you think tests you well? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, Alexi presents a lot of challenges. Um, you know, he's an experienced guy. I think he's had over, like, 70 fights. And um, he's hot right now, you know what I mean? So I want to get in there against the best and uh, improve myself. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting that matchup. And then, like I said, he's a good buddy of mine. So um, I think it'd be a fun fight. Absolutely. Now, I got to ask you, too, because we talked to Devin Clark a couple weeks ago, and he said he was also pumped to fight in Russia. Was fighting in Russia something you were interested in doing? Uh, Honestly, no. But, but, uh, I mean, you know, I'll go wherever, man. You know, I I call myself the contract killer. So, you know, I'm a a hired gun. I go wherever they tell me to go, you know. So, you know, it, it was what it is. You know, Russia's Russia, you know. Yeah, and so you're a little bit happier to be fighting in Canada over Russia, I take it? For sure, for sure. All right, so let's talk about that fight in Canada a little bit too because I, I know, like I said, you were, you were looking forward to the fight with Olenek. Here you are with a guy who's making his UFC debut in, in Sergei Spivak, who's relatively unknown. He's a Ukrainian heavyweight. Had you ever heard his name before being offered this fight? I had not, man, to be honest. So, so you you know, you said obviously that, you know, you're a contract killer. You, you'll fight just about anybody. W- was there any hesitation in taking this fight, being that he's such an unknown and you're kind of risking where you stand in the division? Uh, no, man. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, a fight's a fight. Um, the numbers beside our names really don't mean anything. I mean, they look good. And, um, you know, it's, it's a nice feather in your cap to say I'm ranked whatever, whatever. But, at the end of the day, we're all here to fight. And um, so when they offer me a fight, man, I, I, I go for it. You know, this is how I take care of my family. So I don't have opportunity to turn down the fight. Absolutely. Now, you've had a little bit of time to get to know his name. You've probably seen some film on him or at least gotten some scouting reports. What What have you sort of noticed about what Spivak does well? Um, he's, 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 uh, he's, he's young. You know, he's hungry. He's, uh, he's a, good, uh, a good fighter, man. I, I was watching a couple of fights on him, um, you know, He's a tough kid, you know. He uh, he moves forward. Um, he's aggressive, so I think you know it's gonna be a fun fight, man. It, it's stylistically, you know, I match up well with him, so I'm excited to kind of you know get in there and test my metal against. Absolutely, and it, it'll be good to get back in the win column too, because while your last fight, let's talk about this just a little bit. Your last fight was a win against Andre Arlovsky. Went down as a split decision, bumped you into the rankings. But obviously that got changed to a no contest due to, you know, you having some, some stuff in a nutritional supplement that you were taking. 
are, are you upset in any way that, that that win over such a big name is now considered a no contest? Even though your name's completely cleared, are, are you upset that maybe it doesn't go down as a win? Uh, nah, man. I mean, we all know what happened in the fight. You know, I know, you know, what happened, what took place. Um, You know, like I said, man, all that stuff, the records and all that stuff, like, you know, if I looked at it that way, I could look at it and say, well, hey, I lost a split decision to so-and-so that, uh, you know, even Dana told me I won one time, you know. So I just don't look at that kind of stuff, man. I'm just trying to get better every fight. I'm trying to get, you know, more wins under my belt and, and, and show up every time and, and put on the show for the fans, man. And I, I let that kind of speak for itself, you know. Well, and, and that's good, too, because you really have had a series of sort of unfortunate events between, like you said, the split decision, this thing with the, the tainted supplement that you were unfortunately had in your body, and the, the Mark Godbeard one, too, who, where you were clearly winning that fight and sort of, uh, you know, it, it went down as an illegal strike, but it was damn near legal. Um, so it's good to have a mentality like that. Do you think that that's helping out your career in the way that you progress? Oh, for sure, man. I mean, it's just how I live my life, you know, um, Things that happen, you know, they happen, man. It's like some things you can't control. And, and if I spend most of my time worrying about what I can't control, then I can't see the – I can't move forward. And, um, you know, I, I don't live life in the rearview mirror. You know, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. I'm upset for whatever time being, and then I move on, man. Um, you know, I think, like I said earlier, I think everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I'm in this position that I'm in now. I've been blessed. You know, um, I got a new contract. You know, I'm in good standards with the UFC. So, you know, I'm just trying to stay positive and keep winning, man. That's all I'm trying to do. And so you said you got a new contract. How, how many fights, if you don't mind me asking, is that contract for? Uh, just got a new four-fight contract. Okay. Um, yeah, I just saw, I actually had gotten one like six months ago, and then I got another one after this last fight. So, you know, I'm just blessed, man. Like, I, I'm not I'm, – I'm in a position to where, you know, my future and my career is in my hands. So – I just got to go in there and perform, and, and that's what I'm trying to do, man. Make sure I keep my head down, stay focused, and uh, keep getting better. Absolutely. And now let's let's get, return back to the fight for just a second. Let, let's get a prediction. What, how do you see this one with Spivak going uh, come for, uh, Saturday night? Um. Well, when I close my eyes at night, I see it ending in the first round in dramatic fashion. Um. You know, I, I like to finish fights. I, that's that's what I go in there to do every time. Um. So. I plan on going in there, whether it be a submission, whether it be a you know knockout. I want to put him away in the first round because I feel like I got something to prove to myself and I got something to prove to the fans. And, you know, that's just the way I look at it, you know. Um, I want to go in there and, and dominate. Well, we're certainly looking forward to it. Once again, fans, this was the big ticket. Walt Harris, who fights Sergey Spivak at UFC on ESPN Plus in Ottawa this weekend. Walt, thank you so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, brother.